Good morning, everyone. Put a smile on your face and go for a walk in this fantastic weather. Um, so it's hump day today, as they call it, you know, the hump in the week. I said this before, and someone thought hump day was not hump as in the hump in the road, and then on the way down, they thought it was because it was a hump. <laughs> you hump in on the hump day. I don't know what I can't remember what someone said, but I was like, no, man, it's like when you go over the hump of the, on the hill, and it's, it's on the way down, and then it was the end of the week. <laughs> But anyway, so if you thought that, guys, it's wrong. Um, I just today want to shout to your dreams once more about uh, energy expenditure, do do an exercise. I know, listen, I know you love your Apple Watch. I know you love Fitbit. I know you love being told how many calories you're burning in, in a workout. Right? But let's destroy it again. Because what we think we burn during a workout doesn't really impact us as much towards the end of the day as we really think. So let's have a look into this research review and let's discuss it. So there's good news at the end of this, guys, just to let you know. So the calories you burn during exercise, right, just don't add up, okay? So the net, so say now you burned 100 calories from exercise, the net payoff is just 72 calories. So there's a drop of 28% going on you um, from what you think you've burned. And that's if you're really accurate. So not only do calorie um the act these fitness trackers overestimate the calories you burn in some cases between 20 to 91 percent which is crazy not only that but actually even that those calories you think you burn exercise only 72 percent only 72 of those hundred of those calories are actually net adding to your energy burn throughout the day does that make sense let me go into a bit more so it might make more sense so these researchers 18 countries, they looked at so many studies, guys, so many studies, and they wanted to look at the base metabolic rate. Does that change with more activity? So base metabolic rate is your BMR, you know, what you need for your body to survive, you know, breathing, cells working, all that stuff, just the bare minimum, right? So that's about 50, 60% of your total energy expenditure per day. Then you've got your non-exercise activity, which is the, the the second biggest factor. Then you've got your thermic effect of food, the calories used to digest food, and then you've got your physical activity uh, calories, you know, calories burned doing exercise over the over the day or if you spread it out over the week, right? So the goal of this study was to look at your base metabolic rate. Does that actually go down if you increase your activity? Does that make sense? So your survival calories, does that go down if your energy goes up? So you'd think if you burn 350 calories on a run, that you think your overall energy expenditure for the day would be 350 calories more, right? If you had not gone for the run. Does that make sense? That makes logical sense, right? That's what we think. And so the study found, using data from 1,754 participants, um, the study showed the base metabolic rate declines to compensate for the increase in physical activity. On average, total energy expenditure is 28% lower than it should be. Take over 350 calories. Example, instead of burning an extra 350 calories, your total daily en energy expenditure only increases by 252 calories. So you think you've burned 350 calories in a run. You've only actually added on 252 calories more to your day. And that 350 calories from your run, which is like the accurate measurement using lab equipment, you might thought you've burned 500 calories when actually it's only adding 250 calories. So this is known, as I mentioned yesterday, this is known as energy compensation. 
still a process not really 100% understood, um, but your metabolic rate slows down in response to increased in exercise, okay? And this is what happens. So the worst thing is, well, I wouldn't say it's worse. I say if the people who've got more weight, this actually plays a bigger role. Energy compensation is bigger. So it actually will reduce the amount of the amount of calories you burn to exercise. The add, so if you did exercise, you're more overweight. The net calories burned from the exercise is less, again, than leaner individuals. Does that make sense? Hopefully you're still with me. And you know, you might be thinking, why does our bodies work this way? Again, the body doesn't want to lose weight or gain weight. And if the body sees that energy, that energy expenditure has gone up due to activities such as, you know, jogging, running, whatever, towards to, to more distance, it might think the food is scarce in this area and you have to work harder and travel further to stay alive. So therefore, it's going to reduce the calories burned in other areas because it needs to basically hold on to as much energy as possible, okay? Now, this is not, again, this is not starvation mode. It just adapts, right? So you need to look at what you think energy is, um, energy burned is in your grand scheme of this plan for your health and fitness lifestyle. So again, a lot of you know this, that if you're looking for fat loss, then using workouts to burn calories isn't exactly the good a good way to go because you can obsess over how many calories you burned in a workout this is where my fitness pal again how many millions of users of my fitness pal right now are eating back the calories that they overestimate they burn so everyone in my fitness pal is given their calories and macros and then they then it says oh you've walked this amount and then you've done this exercise so here's we we estimate you've burned 500 calories probably burned about 200 calories 250 calories and actually because of energy compensation, they've only added 150 calories to their energy burn throughout the day. So there's like a 400 calorie difference there. And that's why people don't get results. And that's why people go to the MyFitnessPal Reddit forum and ask for advice from strangers who have got no qualifications or any expertise, what they should do. You know, and when I see, you know, some people saying, oh, I'm going back to MyFitnessPal because it does what you guys do. It doesn't. It really doesn't. My, all MyFitnessPal is, is, is a tracking tool. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, I can give you the best tool in the world. If you don't know how to use it and it's not actually guiding you in the right way, it's got a major flaw, that tool is not fit for purpose. You know? So your energy burn through exercise is never 100% of what it says. So never actually add that on top. And that's why I keep telling people, to say, oh, I've done more exercise today. Should I consume more calories? Like, no. Over the course of the week, the difference is minuscule. The difference is even less than you think. Right? It's even less than you think. And I think, look, we should train for performance, guys. I want to go to the gym to get strong. I want to go for a run to run a 10K. I want to go and increase my engine and my cardiovascular system. I want to go and be more flexible and agile and stuff like that. We don't train to be like, oh, I burned 200 calories. That's the worst way to train. It's actually, you shouldn't train if you're doing that because it's just going to, one, it's not going to get the results you want. Two, it's going to make training so boring. Oh, who wants to know how many calories you burn exercise? I, I do not want to know the information. It has no impact on me. I don't want to see it because it's so inaccurate. I can't be bothered. I will focus on the other performance metrics, right? So that's just important. I wanted to reconfirm that for everybody listening. So when you think, you, when you hit your macros, we have taken into consideration all of your activity, right? And exercise is such a small part of your total daily energy expenditure. When you look at over the week, 
you know, training from three times to five times a week isn't going to make a massive difference unless you go from training two times a week to seven times a week and those sessions are like 60 minutes long and you're doing, you know, a lot of running and stuff and your energy expenditure will be more, right? But for most of you, we need to look at, stop majoring in minor things, you know, Jim Rohn quote, don't look at the things that don't actually matter. So I'm telling you now, just stop focusing on the energy burned and focus on what matters, daily habits. I remember seeing a, one of the feedbacks from one of the trials saying, um, you know, just didn't have time to fit in tracking into my day. And it's like, if all of you look at your phone time right now, it's hours per day, guys. Let's look, let's work from facts again. Let's not lie to ourselves. We've been open to this process and we've learned a lot. Let's be open once more. We spend a lot of time on our phones every day scrolling social media. It is an absolute flat out lie to say there's no time to track for five minutes a day. You can anchor habit it. What do we do every day that you can anchor track into? Well, you're brewing your cup of coffee in the morning. You can, whilst that's brewing, you will track your macros on your phone. Well, you can copy meals over, you can add stuff. It could be every time I eat, before I eat my food, I will track it and then eat. Or after I've eaten my food, as soon as I finish that last bite, I will track my food. There's ways to add this into your life that is seamless and takes seconds. Um, and I think that's important to do. Again, we work from reality with Turtle Method. We don't work from, you know, this imaginary land that we think we're at. We're working from reality, working from facts. Facts are we deceive ourselves. The facts are we think we burn more calories than we do. The facts are we think we eat less than we do. Uh, the facts are we think we've got no time, but actually we la- we, we've got all the time we're ever going to have. So we, be, we need to be more efficient with our time. So no point saying, well, you know, I'm not, I have, I'm not a parent and I don't have kids. So I have more hours in a day than someone that does. But it doesn't matter because that person who's got kids and is a parent doesn't look at someone who has and goes, well, they got more time than me. You need to look inwardly and go, right, let's have a look at my day without judgment. Where am I wasting my time? Genuinely now, let me have a look because you will be wasting time somewhere and you can gain it back. And if it's just five, 10 minutes a day. Look, spending 20 to 30 minutes a day on your own mental health and your health and fitness, right? Versus doing 30 minutes of extra work at work or 30 minutes of doing this task that really doesn't mean anything or 30 minutes quick check on Facebook. The return on investment of doing 30 minutes of walking or exercise or journaling plus, you know, tracking is huge, it's life-changing. 30 minutes on the other tasks is actually minuscule, no difference to your life. So just remember that even though it's still the same 30 minutes of time, that 30 minutes you can dedicate to yourself every day. And some of you have been amazing in terms of you looked at it and you've woken up earlier with energy. You wake up at six, you have that 30 minutes in the morning to yourself. That's sometimes all you need to change your life because it's knock-on effect. You wake up, you've got more time. You can journal, you can sit with yourself for a bit. You can get your walk in. You can listen to this podcast, get your head in the game one day at a time. That's all you've got to do is focus on this day that's coming up. That's it. You know, and nothing's overwhelming one day at a time. And as a quote we also have in Turtle Method is people say, you know, we always say we can do hard things. And it's from one of the books we read, the book club. We can do hard things, absolutely. And um, with the support of the community, it's even more possible. So just remember these things, like let's let's work from facts. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's let's st- stop, let's detach exercise calories from our fat loss goals. It just doesn't work. The studies are clear. It's just, doesn't make sense to use it as a metric or an accurate representation of where we're going. And... 
Yeah, and I just want to touch on another quick study as well here, just so you guys are aware. And I think it's a good one. It's about you know people who believe in conspiracy theories, right? And to quickly look at uh, to explain it, it was basically psychology students, all females. Um, they wanted to look at the gullible conspiracy conspiracist hypothesis. And basically, what they found out it's quite basic, really. The higher someone's score for critical thinking, the less likely they were to believe in conspiracy theories. Um, conspiracy theories, and they, again, for fitness myths and everything like that, it is. It's, it seems like it comes from someone who knows what they're talking about, who has critical thinking skills, okay? But to have critical sk- thinking skills, right, this is the um, the definition of critical thinking so critical thinking is basically let me find this definition official definition for you guys um so i don't mess it up for you um critical thinking let's uh where is it where's this definition gone from my notes about these studies for you guys oh here we go according to oxford it's the objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment let me say again the objective analysis, so no emotion, no subjective, no coming from the me, objectively looking at stuff, like what you've been taught to do in the last few weeks, especially on the masterclass and an octagon, and an evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. So we are only doing a judgment of something if we can look at it objectively, remove the emotion, and look at the fact clearly. If we can do that, we don't fall for conspiracy theories. Because we go, let's put it to the test. We don't fall for fitness myths. Because we go, let me take a second and put it to the test. You might sound right, mate. You sound right. You say carbs are the carbs are like cocaine, and you know you sugar is like cocaine, and because it's so nice. And you might think, yeah, logically, I love I love sugar. It tastes amazing, and yeah, maybe it is like cocaine. But then critical thinking skills come in. Go, let's have a look at this objectively. So what they're saying is the highly addictive drug addictor. Uh, let's let's what you do then is like let's define addiction. You know, and let's do it now. So we go, okay, so you're saying sugar is as addictive as cocaine. So we'll just have a look at the addiction definition. The fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance activity. Um, addiction is defined as a chronic relapsing disorder characterized by compulsive drug seeking, continued use despite harmful consequences and long lasting changes in the brain. It is considered both a complex brain disorder and a mental illness. Now, if you think you've got a sugar addiction, are you chronically going to the shop fighting people to buy pure cane sugar? Right? Are you in the corner of a room shaking when you don't have that sugar dose every three hours? You know, are you willing to, you know, push people out of the way in, in the shop and fight people just so you can buy the sugar? quick or the chocolate quick so you can start scoffing it straight away no it's not that's not what we do so when we look at these objectively it's not an addiction you know sugar is not an addiction like the companion to cocaine so straight away that's a, it's a false thing and the second thing is there's a difference between addiction and enjoyment you know i can enjoy chocolate which has fat doesn't mean i'm addicted these terminologies are very important to use because you need to watch how you speak to yourself Right, you can say I'm addicted to chocolate. You don't. It's so subtle, right? And you're like, ooh, you don't know what to say. And then you start thinking, well, I am addicted to chocolate. And then you see chocolate, and you go, I can't stop myself. I need it. But you, of course, you can stop yourself. Of course, you can stop yourself. You're so sucked in because you've told yourself this story that you're addicted to chocolate, 
And therefore, when you see chocolate, you your automatic reaction is to prove that that hypothesis in your mind right. But actually, if you can just take a second to just objectively look at the situation and take a step and just monitor and be aware of your thoughts, you actually create that space where you can decide, you can respond to whether you wish to eat that chocolate or not. Okay? That's the difference. And this is where we need to go through these processes a lot. might sound boring, but it's going to save you months and months and months and potentially years of frustrations from going from fad diet to fad diet because they sound so right. They sound right. They sound, yeah, that sounds right. But unless we bring this type of questioning to things and definitions to what we're saying and being aware of our thoughts, being aware of what we say, we're always going to fall for these traps. Always. So today, guys, again, just a re reminder to be aware of your thoughts without judgment today, without choice. Don't decide that's good and bad. Don't say, I like this, I don't like that. Just observe. Observe how you are in a room with biscuits. Observe when you go to the shop. You know, observe when you're eating. Observe when you walk back home and you just want to go and sit in the chair and go on your phone. Observe that urge. Don't change it. Just look at it. Be like, interesting, you know? There's no change it. Like, don't hate yourself. Oh, I want to sit on the phone. Just observe it all and be like non... Have this objective view of your behavior for now, like a scientist. And that's when you can be critical thinkers. And that's when you can have the power to decide and respond. And I'll touch on stoicism another time. But we want to respond. We don't want to react. We want to be aware and attentive without judging ourselves. Right? And we want to be truthful and honest in the process. And this is the reminder today to bring it straight back in to this and let's get going so hopefully this voice note was useful um they're getting a bit longer i need to cut the back down to 15 minutes but hopefully that's useful for anyone starting the new complete transformation program uh you'll be doing the strength training sessions for week one they're quite simple and easy two sets each um building up for people on octagon two where you're now ramping up the sets we're going into week eight so we're ramping up the sets are ramping up the workouts in terms of volume so you know the last three weeks of octagon two whilst we've just started this new group for the um the turtle method academy for app users only the next three weeks are going to be building up building up building up so we take it one day at a time don't rush ahead too much don't do it right in libby and he'll tell you i'm gonna go gym with him when after the baby you want to go straight into the big sessions i was like mate let's slow it down let's build up over time let's gradually build up over time and we're going to be better for it we're going to progress we're going to lower the risk of injury we're actually going to enjoy the process instead of rushing to the end goal all the time and that's what we want to do so guys have an amazing day get you this is your prompt to write your one big thing down either in the app or on paper or whatever in your notepads and just get it done that's a successful day get your one big thing done what's that one thing today that if you did it it would make your day a success no matter what get that day done commit to less complete more and you'll be on the on the way for some happy days so i'll see you on the radio guys speak soon adios